We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw, we go tit for tat, we have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose and Runes podcast. This episode 68 of the pod, plenty on tap here. We're going down the stretch with baseball. We're talking a little meaningful preseason football on top of some buy or sell and some uh, some golf scores that need to be settled, Matt. And uh, yeah, are my uh, don't are my titles in the mail or when no? They're not happen? because that's not happening. No, you agreed. You agreed to the Twitter. No, no, no. no we're not going to argue about this. No, we're not going to argue about this. It was an inside job. Oh, all no, 12 of your followers have the last name Rooney, and they all voted for you, That's, okay? You can't so I'm coming that. off the top rope right off the bat. You're getting no titles actually, because you know you're a loser, and actually, you someone who withdrew. I have evidence. I have a text message from my brother. I, I actually did try and go collude with Tim and tell him to vote for me. Yeah. And, I, and, was, and he said, no, I already voted for Joe. Thank you. This was so, all. No, this was so all. That proves my fact that it wasn't just me asking people. Oh, it to proves your fact that you're still wrong. And thank you to Tim Rooney. Thank you. I appreciate that. I think no. TJR was on your side though, because he, he was liking a bunch of he was liking a bunch of tweets. So I that, expect you know better what? out you of you. That's because TJR. That's because he's a lawyer. He saw in the language of the contract that while you know I if this were a golf competition, yeah. I wouldn't have been right. But in the language mm-hmm. of the contract. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. correct, and he's a lawyer. Well, you he's reading here, into things more so. Take you your language. Your bases. I want I you to ball up your language and put it somewhere dark. Okay, no that's what I need you sore, to do. No Matt. one likes a sore loser. A know? sore loser. My eye. I actually talked to a couple really experienced golf betters, and what oh. you do in this situation. And I know we did not establish this. That's so whose why fault I'm not, is that? That's not my fault. The, we're both idiots. What do you want? What do you want? I'm not taking full credit I've for both of our idiocracy. That. I will happily yeah. take credit for that. But what you do and what we'll do from now on, if a player withdraws, you take his current score at that time or the highest score of a player that made the cut, in which case was nine over by some schlub, um, and I would have won. But we have another golf – point being we have another golf bet uh, coming down the stretch here for the FedEx how about, Championship. How about a score care- to settle. I was going to say let's carry this over and we'll make this a, a double or nothing FedEx Cup tournament. A double or nothing FedEx Cup. I like that. I and will happily put my winnings on the line. And I think we've, we've established uh, – uh, let, let's, let's establish the terms in front of everyone here uh, once we get to that point of the podcast because I'm not sure that I like the current uh, format. But That's we fair. will get there. We, we can, will we'll, get there. we'll agree on terms here. I think we need to have it in – we need to have some <laughs> Ironclad. Ironclad contract. We need – maybe I'll even send it We need a third-party witness. Make sure he's got – like <laughs> there, there's nothing we missed. And if there is, he maybe fill in the blanks for us. But we'll, we'll, we'll check that out because I agree we I don't need know, to have I don't know if I, I don't know if either of us can afford TJ Oz's rate. So uh, That's I'm, I'm going to have to pass on that. I'll, I'll talk to well. <laughs> See if you can get us the family deal. Can you get us a junior associate or something? Someone who's there you not go. making yeah. a lot. <laughs> you have uh, any paralegals with a couple minutes that, to to figure out a golf bet for us? Oh God! But Matt, uh, let, let's kick things off here in the major leagues. About five weeks left in the regular season. Uh, the point of the season where true contenders bring that roster into form, kind of do do everything in their power to get things moving in the right direction. And the teams that are moving in the other direction, you start to see some of those guys coming up. Uh, the, the namely of sorts being... Uh, it's Michael Kopech uh, on, Day. It, it's Kopech Day on the there south side is what I'm getting at. I knew what you were getting at. I just wanted to get there, get you there. For uh, the, the fireballer is going to get his... <laughs> 
his look up in the bigs. And now he was up. He was, he was up previously, right? He's got a couple stars. I actually don't think he uh, – I don't he, think he has been. Moncada was the guy who had been up. Moncada you know, came up solo? Okay. He was up with Boston for, you know, uh, I think towards the end of the year for, for a couple weeks and then went back down, obviously, when he came back to the Sox. I don't believe Kopech has started, but while you're talking, I can actually look that up because we have an internet. So this is, uh, is going to be Kopech's either first or, or recent – first in recent memory uh, start here for the White Sox. And it's an exciting moment. It is probably the most exciting moment in the last four months for White Sox fans because there hasn't been much to watch, much to play for, other than, like we've talked about, the development of these young guys. And none more important than your staff guy, your your ace pitcher moving forward, or what has been billed as such. So um, I know you can't put too much on one start or even ten starts, but uh, an exciting moment nonetheless on the south side tonight. Yeah, it's just it's, it's another little piece of, uh, I guess, rewarding fans for you know being out here and, and actually coming out this season and kind of support. I know the, the attendance hasn't been great, but it has been better the last couple of years. But also, I can tell you, it's I mean, probably going to be pretty fantastic tonight oh, because there's already some people so like, if, um, if in group texts that I'm in talking about getting tickets, going to the game. So uh, just it's about peaking all the Sox, excitement. Yeah, all the Sox it's fans I talk excitement. to that I'm buddies with, I have a couple Sox you know, group chats and all that. Pretty much everybody but me is going tonight because, mm-hmm. uh, granted, I'll be getting paid to watch it, so I'll, I'll have to take that. <laughs> um, there are worse situations. Yeah, pretty much everyone's going. I know Mike, uh, my brother, who uh, – shout out Mike. He's actually playing in a U.S. mid-am at Crooked Stick right now. Let's hope that goes well. Hey, keep it straight um, at Crooked Stick. Yeah, good one. Um, that's, that's, that's fair. Uh, but he was saying, you know, just joke. He was looking at StubHub at, at what the, the price of scout seats were going for tonight, and he said those are all around $400, $500, which is not. I mean, if you look at those prices, usually on StubHub, SeatGeek, whatever, you're seeing them for face value. You're seeing them for $200. So those are way up there, and I, I think you're going to see, similar to what Mankato was last year, pretty close to a full house tonight. Yeah, it should be uh, should be exciting, Matt. When you're when you're watching a start like this for a young guy who's uh, got a lot of innings on his arm at the AAA level, um, wh- what are you hoping to see out of him in his first start? Maybe his first two or three starts, the time that he's going to spend with the White Sox for the remainder of the season. I think you're, you're looking for command. I think that's especially mm-hmm. with a guy like Michael Kopech, who that has kind of been his issue a little bit down down in the minors. You're looking for command. I don't think you, you need to get or want to get too excited if he does get off to this quick start because I, I, you do see a lot of these times these younger pitchers get off to fast starts the first time they see you know, you know new lineups or seeing him for the first time, and then sometimes these lineups, these major league hitters learn you know the pitcher and learn tendencies. So I think, you, I think you hope you see him get off to a, a, a hot start, and then after he kind of hits that lull, him be able to adjust to you know people adjusting to him because – as great as his stuff is, you know, major league hitters are major league hitters for a reason. They'll figure out a way to hit it. So I, I think you're looking for that progress as, as he goes along. And he's got a long enough stretch here where you can kind of see, hopefully, that full, I don't know why I want to say full growth, but you, you know what I'm talking about, that, that kind of rotation mm-hmm. where, where you see him make that progress, maybe take a step back and hopefully power through that. And I think we, you saw that with a lot of these Sox young pitchers, and, and Carlos Rodon went through it too. And now you're kind of seeing him getting that, you know, extended time, and he's he's starting to readjust the pitchers, and you're seeing yeah. how awesome his stuff is. Yeah, about 30-some 30, 30 plus games uh, left in the season, so we should see at least four starts out of Kopech. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see what he does bring to the next level, and tonight, you know, those first couple innings, it might take him a little while to get settled into... It's a, it's a nice team to get it, him settled against with Minnesota. Not very good. It, 
It is, but even just playing against himself and playing yeah. against the emotion of the moment, and he's already a guy who reaches back and really goes after the thing, so he might be looking for a little extra tonight. We talk about him as a prospect and a young guy coming up. Uh, he's 22 years old, born in 1996. Kind of hard to wrap your head around uh, yeah. that these athletes are all mid-90s kids now. But at the same time, he's fully developed, and I think he's ready. I think he's been ready, and they've just kind of held him for a little while because there, there was no reason to have him up here. This is the perfect time to get him, these meaningless pitch, these reps. Um, but I think that we have to really take this, this sample size, this work size that we're going to get in the next five weeks and, and dissect it because I, I don't think we can be too harsh on this kid. Tonight, yes, you let him go out there and have his moment. But in looking back on this a month from now, two months from now, you have to see some positives. You have to see a comfortability at the major league level because this is this matters now, okay? Yeah. Nothing, nothing has really mattered for the White Sox in the last couple seasons. Uh, yes, you have your, your call-ups last year, but when you're talking about building a pitching staff, you're building around this guy, and that uh, that's regardless of what happens tonight. But if he's going to be your ace, if he's going to be your number one, then you have to start seeing signs of that pretty much right away. I, I'm with you, and I think you will because his stuff is that good. Um, I all pitcher, like you said, they, there might be a slow start here and there, but I like you are just looking for those signs. It's not a full season's work. It's it's six, you know, five six starts here. You, you hope you do see flashes of what you're getting into in the future. And I, I, what what's an encouraging sign for me, I think, is he was kind of having that floundering season in AAA. I think we both talked about how you know there was talk whether or not he'd be up at the beginning of this year after he yeah. served those twelve days. He wasn't. He, he got off to a nice start and then. I actually think he got a little bit bored down there. Uh, I think he was toying around with some things, working on his changeup, and might have just got a little bit lackadaisical. But right around when Rick Hahn made that, you know, he was asked about Eloy and Kopech and said, well, they need to check all the boxes. They haven't checked all the boxes yet. They're doing great. But, you know, that, that I don't want to say famous speech now, but the one people give him a hard time for. Right around that speech, if you look at Kopech's numbers, he's been absolutely lights out. He's had yeah. uh, nine earned runs and seven starts. He's got like a 50-something to 9 strike-to-walkout ratio. His ERA is, like I just said, just over 1. Um, he's absolutely dominated across 9 starts for Charlotte, and I think he used that as a little bit of motivation to, to get himself up here, and I think you're going to hopefully see that same drive that now you know he's up here, he wants to prove himself right away, and it's still a long way to go for this team as a whole, but for himself, I think you're going to see him want to take that step immediately and show that yeah, he's maybe, the guy. You make a great point, Matt, because I, I live across the street from the Giants AAA uh, affiliate here, the, the Sacramento River Cats, and on Saturday nights uh, I work the dugout and do some correspondent work, and it's a blast, but some nights you see some absolute studs who just aren't locked in, and not pointing a finger at any of them because it's tough on a night-to-night basis when you're 20 games under 500 because you can't keep a, a consistent roster. Obviously, the Giants have had their injury problems at the top level here, and, and it's forced the River Cats to kind of 
just piecemeal a lineup together every yeah. day because they don't know who's going to be in the bigs, who's going to be down low. But that focus for 120 games, it's it's tough to maintain when you know what lies on the other side. Guys here in Sacramento like Mac Williamson, big hitter who got some time this year. Uh, Tyler Beatty is an arm that they plan on having in the rotation for the next decade. It, it's, it's tough for those guys to stay focused on – the task at hand, the six inches in front of their face when there is a potential hundred million dollars three years from now. It's just, it's, it's a lot to ask of a guy that focus, that mindset, obviously that flip, that switch needs to flip tonight or it did needed to a couple of days ago for Kopech. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I think we've kind of said all we can about this one. I'm, I'm just, I'm excited to finally see, you know, him go out that we've been hearing Why, Michael, uh, Kopech, Michael Kopech, Michael Kopech. Well, what are you so hearing? What are you hearing? Why no Eloy? Uh, I honestly haven't heard much about it yet. I just think they probably didn't want to bring them both up at the same time. Uh, yeah. That said, Larry Garcia looks so like they could he, do a Twitter rollout on both. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, that's at this point. Why bring them both yeah. up at the same time when you can wait one more week? The marketing maybe, department you have another with the White two- Sox has been making ends meet for the last decade. Why not uh, stretch these couple guys? Plus, what I this might be a bit of a stretch. I'm not really sure, but you know, Kopech's been in AAA all year, whereas Eloy kind of got the call up. So maybe they felt mm-hmm. they owed it to Kopech to bring him up just a little bit earlier. Solo, not yeah. really sure. Maybe they, I, both of these guys probably do deserve their own solo call up. And I, I think if you first off, they don't want to waste you know a sellout on you know the same night when they might be able to spread it out over two. But kind of each. Give both of them their own night. Maybe you can make the argument that if you bring them both up, there's less pressure on both of them. But at the same time, it, this is a cool moment that every major leaguer is going to remember, especially these top prospects like this, where they're pretty much single-handedly going to be selling out a stadium. And maybe they just want to give them both their own night, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, while we're talking pitching in Chicago, another big storyline here, a guy who's well-established and just hasn't taken any traction on the north side. You Darvish struggling in a rehab start. Uh, he had a rehab start Sunday, left with elbow discomfort just uh, after one inning. And um, obviously disappointing for him more than anyone, but uh, disappointing for a team that opted to go a different direction where this money could have been allocated to a man with a beard who was already on the team. And hindsight is twenty twenty, And has but, a cool uh, nickname. But exactly, but uh, a tough uh, a tough pill to swallow for Cubs fans and that front office. Yeah, I mean, the the whole mantra throughout this injury plagued year for you has been like, well, you know, it's a six year deal. It's just year one. You know, maybe this is just a down year. But now you're kind of getting to the point where like, we got to put up with this for six years. Like this is what we signed up for for six years, and y- you hope he gets healthy. But at the same time. I mean, what happens when he, if he, if and when he, ha- I think he's had the MRI now, but what happens if they get the results back and, you know, it looks clean and he's all good? Like, because th- I think that's possible. I, there hasn't been any significant damage shown to him. And it's not like he's been shut yeah, down. Yeah, but it doesn't, Matt, it doesn't have to be damaged. Not to, again, bring it back to the Giants here, but Johnny Cueto went to James Andrews three times this year with elbow, elbow inflammation, three different stints on the DL just couldn't get the inflammation go down. No structural damage, but they're doing Tommy John because that's going to relieve the inflammation. It's, it doesn't have to be a tear. It doesn't have to be something terrible. Um, it could be just stress overuse on a tendon that's causing inflammation. The, oh. Tommy John, what I'm saying is Tommy MRI, John doesn't have to have a tear to have. They can kind of do it on their, I, 
would well, be people are doing it selectively yeah. now. But oh, um, if you, you got to get it done, why not do it early? No, it, Johnny Cueto was told time after time, beginning of the season, middle of the season, and just a few weeks ago that he didn't need Tommy John, and they're going ahead and doing it mm-hmm. because it's the only it's the only way for thirty something to extend his career at this point is is what they feel. But point being with you, Darvish is you might hear something along those lines that it's just elbow inflammation. We can't get it under control. We're going to open them up and see what's going on. Yeah. It, that would, I think be the second, if, if it does come down to that, that would be, I believe the second Tommy Johnny's had in his career, which that's, I, I, don't, I, the, I don't think that's, yeah, that, that's not good. good. I, the, the first one, obviously, you know, people aren't as worried oh, about now. It's basically, you're just getting a rubber arm. now. It seems like, but, you know, a, a second Tommy John, I think at age 32, is, is definitely not what you're looking for. 31, whatever, is not what you're looking for. But I, it just there's been something off about Darvish all year from his mentality, from his his arm, honestly. Uh, it, it just seems like Are you going full really A-Rod on us here? It, Are you going A-Rod? I don't think I'm going. I'm not saying the team hates him. A-Rod said the team hates his guts, which I – I called him soft. I, I do think he's soft, and I don't think there's a Cubs fan in the world who would disagree with me at this point. I, I just I, I think with a lot of the things he said in the media, a lot of the his his mentality pitching early on in the year when you know one thing would go wrong and it would just snowball. I, I do think he's mentally soft. I don't think there's much of a debate about that now. He's got he's on it's, it's on him to prove everybody else otherwise. Ever yeah, since that World Series start, he's been just a different yeah. pitcher. What's the, what's the best ability, Matt? Availability. Availability is the yeah. best ability. And he's also not available. Isn't is, is available. He's $126 million off the books over the next six years. And obviously that's big money, but uh, you might hit a juncture in the next two years where you're, you're paying the guy to get out of your hair. And uh, unfortunate situation, but you have to have, as we talked about it on the south side, you have to have starters to build around. And no, he's not going to be your ace, but a few years from now, you're going to be looking for one. Yeah, you know? it, and whether you are going to go out on the open market or you thought this was the guy, uh, your number one's got to be your number one. You were looking for this to be your next John Lester, basically. Yeah. You were looking for him to, you know, be a number two an A slash number two kind of early on in his career, and then kind of once he got towards the tail end of that contract, still be the stabilizing force in the middle who showed flashes of, you know, being an ace at times, like Lester's kind of done this year. And at, at this rate, it, again, it's still early. He's still, I guess, got time to recover and, and figure this out in five years left on this contract. But it's not looking good. And quite honestly, more importantly for the team this year, I know we've talked about how the Cubs are the Cubs and they're, they're, that lineup's so good that they're going to be in the playoffs. And I still believe that they're going to the playoffs this year. Um, but once they get there, it, with this rotation as is, I mean, I love Cole Hamels. He's been fantastic early on. And if he can keep this up, that, that'd be great. He's still a great number one. But mm-hmm. he's got to do that. And even if he does keep this up, behind him, you've had a whole bunch of inconsistency. So you're relying on a 34-year-old, 33, 34-year-old, however old Cole Hamels is, 34-year-old lefty who does have a great playoff resume but also hasn't really been that pitcher since about that time when he won that World Series MVP and, you know, the next two or three years after. So that, that's who you're relying on to be your ace. And that's yeah. as good as Theo's been drafting, as good as he's, he's done in, in bringing in, you know, smaller trades, getting pieces in here, he's – swung and missed pretty massively so far on his two biggest free agent signings. 
Yeah, not what you want in those situations. You're obviously looking for a, a proven commodity, which it was, but then a consistent commodity moving forward, and they just haven't gotten that. Uh, I, I don't know what uh, what the league eyes and the pundits around the game believe, but the most recent uh, Week 20 Powell rankings came out, and the Cubs are still the highest-rated National League ball club coming in at number six. Top five clubs are all American League teams going Boston, I believe after Boston, it goes Houston, New York, Cleveland, and then the Oakland A's, uh, followed by the Chicago Cubs. So still plenty to be excited about. Uh, and as you said, I, I too believe that there's going to be some some more postseason baseball on the north side. And uh, maybe the mad scientist Joe can figure it out and get these boys moving in the right direction. That's going to be, un- that, that's gonna, before we wrap up here, that's going to be a fun mm-hmm. race to keep an eye on, by the way. I still, you know, if I had to put money on it, I, I would absolutely put money on the Cubs to come out of that NL Central. But the Cardinals have won; they're they're eight and two in their last ten, and I think nine and two in their last eleven. They're now three and a half back. Milwaukee's three back. The Cubs and Brewers still have a couple left. I think we said last week the Cubs and Cardinals finished the season against each other. This is going to be a really really fun race to watch coming down the stretch. I think. Yeah, it's going to be a good time, and uh, as are a couple other races. I know we talked about it last week, things tightening up as we do come down the stretch here, Matt. But let's uh, let's transition ourselves to some Chicago Bears football here. Finally got to see <sighs> that a, little bit of, uh, a little bit of a sample size out of the ones. Trubisky uh, played into the second quarter, I believe, was that? Yeah. He got pulled in the second. I think it was nine three or four drives, basically. Yeah, 9 of 14 for 90 yards, a TD and an interception. Chase Daniel... Uh, looking a little bit more level a, a, as a backup option. Hopefully, we don't have to we have still to don't cross get that to bridge that, this but. season. But uh, yeah, we we want to see more Mitch than anything, and we got to see a little bit of of it uh, this past week. Uh, a twenty four twenty three winner over the Broncos, following a couple joint practices. Looks like the team's building; they're they're moving in the right direction. Obviously, you don't want a, a fractured hand uh, on one of your edge rushers. Uh, they're saying Leonard Floyd uh, had the surgery a couple days back, should be ready for week one. But a, a guy who's who's already proving to be a bit injury prone, a, yeah. a bit fragile out there, uh, you don't want to see it. Yeah, he, that's not something you're looking for. But at the same time, it is nice to see this is something he'll probably be able to play through. If not in week one, should be back, I, I'm assuming, by week two. Um, also nice to see after what looked like Adam Shaheen might have snapped his ankle in half. He is, uh, mm-hmm. It's just a sprain, and they're, they're hoping, again, he's back by week one, though I think that one's a little bit more up in the air. But I, I think my main takeaway from from that week, I guess it wasn't really – it was the Bears' third preseason game, but not you know week three of the preseason, the dress rehearsal. Mm-hmm. But Mitch Trubisky looked good. I think there's still some things he can build on, but for the most part, I think he looked good. I think he moved around well and made some nice throws. Trey Burton looks like an absolutely perfect fit in this offense. And I know it's the preseason. I know it's too early to get excited, too excited about anybody. But uh, he's not going to be the blocking tight end because it's just not him. But he looked like he made – It's not anyone anymore. You I mean, know, there, there, there aren't there are many teams some of those guys. I mean, I, I, I understand go- now why they kept Deion Sims around, I think. Yeah. Um, instead of letting him go, because I do think they need a little bit more of a guy who's going to be able to to put his hand in the dirt. And Trey Burton's not really ever going to be that guy who's going to consistently line up. I think, you know, in a three point stance and do all that stuff. But he looks like an absolute weapon in the offense, and I thought he looked really, really good. And Anthony Miller also made some, some that was very my nice takeaway. catches. That, that catch with double am, coverage, uh, he went up and went up and got. I'm extremely really enthused clean. by the way that I'm Anthony Miller's fan. been playing. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see how he develops in year one and whether or not he does emerge as 
a number one because as much as we want Allen Robinson to be the guy that free agency pick up who's going to take the top off of defense and be a world beater, he's coming off a serious injury. Yeah. And you've got to have guys around him who can also get the rock, move it upfield, and uh, not only in the possession game, that quick Nagy game, but in a 15 to 20 yards down the field type attack and that's what we that's what we're kind of seeing out of Anthony Miller early is that in that part of the field he's still aggressive to go up and get the ball. A lot of times when you get past that 10-yard, 15-yard mark, there's a lot more finesse happening not only from a receiver standpoint but from how that ball is coming in. A lot mm-hmm. more touch passes, a lot more uh, timing routes, but Anthony Miller is going up and attacking it. it looked like he was going to get a rebound. He on went up on high side of that one perfect. And, that was and that's exactly what you want to see. That's the type of stuff where, and I know this is the pinnacle of it, but a guy like Larry Fitzgerald has made a living attacking mm-hmm. the ball like that downfield, not trying to get past guys, just going to possess the ball 20 to 25 yards down the field. And that's big time. That's going to that's gonna give your quarterback – a young quarterback, a lot of confidence to throw it into coverage just six six feet higher than everyone or two yeah. feet higher than everyone. It's going to be an incompletion or Anthony's going to go up and get it. When you it, have that sort of confidence as a quarterback, it allows you to do a lot more. Yeah, it makes it a much less, you know, I don't want to say consequence-free, but there is a much lower chance of anything really bad happening. If you have a guy who can go up and get it, I'm either going to throw it up where only he can get it or it's going out of bounds or live to fight another down. And I think that's going to be huge for Mitch and his confidence. And I just, I think another takeaway, it's pretty general, but this offense is, it's going to be fun to watch. It, it's, it's, I know last year was probably the most bland type of offense you could possibly imagine. So we got a little bit of a sour taste in our mouth from watching it, but mm-hmm. maybe that that's just, this is just that refreshing coming off last year's offense. But yeah. they do a lot of fun things. They get Mitch in the gun, they move him around, they, they let him kind of throw the ball and let him be him. And, you know, Nagy had that quote, you know, that somebody asked him about, you know, whether or not he likes Mitch check, you know, going deep instead of checking down. And Mac Nagy basically said, like, no, in this offense, that's never going to happen. I want him to go deep. We're going to take shots. And I, I think if you have the quarterback and it seems like they might have the receivers to do it, take your shots downfield. I, I don't think any Bears fan is going to be complaining about that all that much if they do it the right times and they do it smart. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You got to pick your spots and it's going to be fun to watch the offense at the same time, a young group galvanizing around a new offense, and I, I don't want to get too hyped about it. And the thing that has me excited to kind of contradict myself is sure. it's, it's a we preseason. We do that often here. And we're seeing a very interesting approach, an interesting attack from a Matt Nagy offense. We haven't seen it. We haven't. I, I imagine this is the tip of the iceberg because no one's going out there and putting their whole – offense on tape through three preseason weeks so this thing's going to develop it's going to look even more interesting it's going to hopefully have more facets and hopefully that these guys can retain it all and and, uh and kind of make it their own because i think that we're just kind of seeing a little glimpse of what it's going to be this year and and kind of lastly for me i think here is i know the depth on it isn't necessarily all that great but the offensive line i thought put together a pretty nice night uh, going up against what's a, a pretty good Denver defensive front. And I think Kyle Long, to me, there, there were questions about his health and, and how healthy he was going to be after coming off what seemed like a million off-season surgeries. Um, he, he looked pretty all right to me on, on Saturday night. I know he had that, I didn't know if it was a power or a counter, but he's pulling up the hole and absolutely drove this linebacker about 10 yards downfield, buried him. He looks like 
he's back to being healthy Kyle Long, and hopefully he can stay that way. I know that's going to be a big issue with him because this isn't the first time he's gone into a season healthy. Or, But I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm optimistically, cautiously optimistic, I think is how I should say that he's back to being kind of his old self. And if he mm-hmm. is his old self, that offensive line's a completely different animal because then you have, in, in Cody Whitehair as well, you have a fantastic interior of our offensive line. And I think at some point you probably see James Daniels slot into that starting group too. Matt, uh, cautious optimism kind of pulls me right into my grievance here. So we'll get sure. to golf in a little bit, but do you want to hit the music? I do. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. You can't handle the truth. Boy, have you lost your mind, because I'll help you find it. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right, Matt, last night we saw the introduction of Monday Night Football, the new crew of uh, Booger, Joe Tess, and, uh, and uh, why am I blanking? Jason Witten. Jason Witten. And obviously the crew's going to work out their kinks. It was, uh, it was an interesting first broadcast. They're going to do things a little bit differently, go down to Booger on the sidelines. He's sitting in some sort of king's chair with like a television in front of him. How do I Whatever. get that gig? That's not my yeah. That's not my grievance. Uh, I really enjoy Joe Tess and one of the one of the better voices in sports. So going to be interesting. My grievance is with cautious optimism and how we do not move forward cautiously enough. Last night we saw a quarterback matchup of the first and second overall pick in, I believe it was the twenty thirteen draft. If I'm not, it was twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen. Andrew Luck and RG 3s draft. The number one and number two pick were both on the field. RG3, unfortunately, on the field for the third and fourth quarter of this game. These guys were supposed to be the future of our league. Last night, they were a combined 12 for 21 for, I'm doing math right now, That's on the fly. That is good uh, podcasting. For 81 yards. Oh. And... I don't think it's an overreaction to say that both of these guys are playing for their futures in the league. RG3, absolutely. But Andrew Luck as well. This is a guy who's coming off shoulder injuries. He didn't know if he'd play the game again. He doesn't have many tools around him. Do I think Andrew Luck still has a future in the league? Yes. Is he the future of the league? Not a chance. That's why we need to stop anointing these guys, crowning these guys a year in. And this is a little bit of a retroactive grievance here. But last night was the perfect setting, the perfect situation to realize how we overhype guys too much sometimes. The NFL is the most demanding professional league outside of a couple here or there in certain situations. But these guys' bodies break down. It is an inevitability. And it is the men that can withstand and move through and continue to grow through those sort of adversities that we end up putting gold jackets on. I I don't think we should put gold jackets on guys 10 minutes into their careers. These are two guys who we did it to, and we're seeing the cruel reality of the NFL and what it does to some guys. Yeah. um, I, two, I guess, very similar paths. And it's, it's almost ironic that they were taken one too, but I, I know luck still probably has more of a, optimistic outlook on his future at least chance to be a starter i don't think rg3 will really ever get that chance again but it, luck is starting to look like and i i, I was with uh with our, our good buddy rob last night and he kind of made the comparison almost like the derrick rose of the nfl to the point where like he's he's showing all these flashes but you can't anoint guys like these too quickly because 
injuries can catch up with anybody. And it looks like they might be catching up with Andrew Luck when he's healthy. He's a very, very good quarterback. But, I mean, he's been out with a shoulder injury for over a year now, and you just never know how you're going to bounce back from that. Yeah, he, he didn't know if he could throw a football at certain points in his rehab, and that's He didn't that's tough. for a long, really long time. Yeah, that's tough. And I, he's a guy who I root for despite his corniness, but we just got to – we got to wait and see in a lot of situations. And that's, that's where cautious optimism comes into it. Obviously we want our guys to succeed. We want Mitch to be uh, the, the second coming of Joe Montana, but we, we need to wait well, and is, see. So. We need to, <laughs> we need to allow them to put it on a film before we, uh, before we get too hyped about it because uh, situations arise and, and things tend to change at a very, very fast rate in the NFL. And as we see, it changed pretty abruptly for these two men. And uh, hopefully both of them can get it figured out moving forward. I don't know if RG3 will even be – I doubt that they'll hold three quarterbacks no. in in Baltimore, where he's going to go, what he's going to do. But uh, two guys who have fallen uh, a bit from grace and uh, rooting for both of them now. All right. You want to go to buy or sell? No, let's jump into uh, golf. We got to get these, oh, these right. terms. We got to get these terms hammered out. I here forget. For the, I forget for the Northern things, Trust you know Open that. and the FedEx Cup Championship. So FedEx Cup Championship beginning here on Thursday with the Northern Trust Open uh, just outside of New York in uh, New Jersey. The biggest names in golf, the top one twenty-five from the season in contention. That group gets paired down to I believe seventy-five, fifty-five, and then. 25 for the for the uh, tour championship at something at like that. I thought it was 30 but you might be right. 30, 30, a, a, very, a, a small field a small field what we're going to do here is we're going to pick players uh, one a piece from the top 10 one a piece from 11 to 20 and then two from beyond the 20 mark you suggested that we go last man standing but I think that kind of makes those bottom picks inconsequential so I think what we should do okay is I'm open to new ideas is we should do, I, I don't know, what, how, how should we do this? But it shouldn't be last man standing. It should be. But you see, here's the thing with, with the guy. You in, can't do total FedEx Cup points because so, we're picking guys in different ranges. Spoiler alert, everybody. We, we picked our players before the podcast <laughs> because we didn't want to run into a, you know, picking the same people type thing. Joe, our, 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 our bottom people here are Jordan Spieth and Zach Johnson. Those aren't exactly nobodies. Yeah, but we're doing it by FedEx Cup ranking. So, <laughs> that's, why do, do we, we want to do total points? Total team points? Let's do total team points. Okay, we can do total so if your team guy, points. If your guy, as as your guy, didn't make the cut, let's say my, let's say Zach Johnson doesn't make it to the next tournament, I get those FedEx Cup points. Whatever he's got on the season, I get locked in for those points. Okay, I can do that. Okay, so with the first overall pick in the FedEx Cup championship draft, something like that, whatever you want to call it. I'm taking the number one overall pick, number one overall player, Dustin Johnson, currently in the lead for FedEx Cup points. I, with that, have taken the number two player just behind Dustin Johnson uh, in points, Justin Thomas. Justin and Very Dustin. Very good. Justin and Dustin. Um, sounds it's almost like, like we planned it. Terrible, terrible sitcom. Uh, with my did you, second, did you explain how we're... Oh, we're doing the, snake draft, too, because I also, just got first pick. Yeah. The... Um, the way we were what selecting, we had two people. We had one one through ten, one yes. eleven through twenty, I, I, one twenty through thirty. Right I wasn't. I was the people, listening. The people are aware. You weren't listening. listening. Okay, perfect. No, that's that's a good way to do a podcast. Yeah. But uh, oh, and we also tell me you listen. Right now, tell me you listen to me all the time. I listen to nothing you say. Exactly. Uh, we're also establishing right now that this is a carryover to settle both bets. Two dozen. 
Titleist Pro V1s or Pro V1Xs of the winner's choice on the line here for the FedEx Cup Championship. Yeah. Which which kind of makes no sense for you to win it because by the time four weeks from now it's done, golf season's pretty much no, over it's not. No, in it's the not. Midwest. So no, it's not. Uh, you might want to just golf come out season, here. Golf season goes till early November. Yeah. Well, if you, you want to come out you, here, we'll, we'll play Harding Park together. Together in December, if you well, like, you know, I, whatever you want to Joe, do. I, I, it might just, be a little chilly on the water. Just purchased some some new irons. I told you with my Southwest credit card, so I might have actually <laughs> earned myself a flight out there with how many points I just got from that thing. There so maybe go. that's straight. Second pick, who are you taking in the eleven to twenty bracket? In the eleven to twenty bracket, who who else am I going to take, Joe? I'm taking the tiger, the big cat. I'm taking number the big twenty. Cat. I like the pick, and it's no it's no longer a novelty pick. No, now, he's whether, actually good now. Now, whether or not he can uh, withstand three straight weeks of golf is yet to be seen, but uh, I like to pick. going to roll the dice I, with him. I am going to take the number 17 player in the field, <laughs> and that is one Ricky Fowler. Loves to play very well in non-major tournaments. It's a great pick. I think this is, I think this is the perfect level of... Uh, the perfect level of pressure for Ricky Fowler to really flourish. So with the, with my second pick taking Ricky Fowler, the number 17 player in the snake draft format, I am going to also make my third pick here and I am taking the number 21 player, Rory McIlroy. Love that he fell into that beyond 20 bracket and I am taking roars. We, we both went across the pond here for this pick. Mm -hmm. Um, I also love that my guy fell into this, uh, this, area of the the standings i'm going with tommy fleetwood joe he's had a fantastic year performed very very well in majors hasn't been able to uh to win that one yet but he, he's been right there in just about every one so i'm i'm going with tommy a very good pick and for my final pick uh, i'm going to give myself a little point deficit here going all the way down to number 52 uh coming in uh, just with a ton of experience i want to say a former fedex cup champion Back in the mid two thousands, if I'm not mistaken, Zach Johnson. We're taking uh, the American coming back stateside for my final pick. I'm also coming back stateside. Wow, we didn't plan that. Uh, somehow, I didn't know he had this down of a year. I'm going with Jordan Spieth at number forty three. Gonna take yeah, putting, uh, taking the Texan Joe. Putting wasn't great, but still a, a fantastic he, competitor. Always in the top ten. Gonna, you can figure out that uh, pick as well. If you can figure out that putter, that, that's what's made him so good throughout his career. If you can just get that going a little bit, get get that hot for a couple weeks, I like my chances there. So just so the judge and the jury are aware, my team is Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy, Zach Johnson, and Ricky Fowler. Justin Thomas, Tiger Woods, Tommy Fleetwood, Jordan Spieth. Let it be written. Let it be so. Maybe maybe we'll throw out a little Twitter poll. See see what the people uh, see what the people think no, of our teams. No, I'm done with the people. I'm Why? done with the people because the people because the consist people can, of the people around your dinner table. Because the calling people can you on collusion. I got a I got a tweet from one Matt Barris saying that Jeff. you you were Jeff Barris. <laughs> Sorry, Barris. From one Jeff Barris that you were offering sleeves of golf balls for votes. Oh, so, actually, I didn't offer anything. I just asked shady business. I did not offer shady sleeves. business. So if I offered sleeves to everybody, I'd have been out of my box. I'd have been giving away my entire box within five minutes. And uh, I, I guess I owe you, Barris, I, I guess I owe you a sleeve for calling your brother's name, so I apologize. I didn't offer I know you to anybody. I just, yeah, I, okay. I, I actually Collusion. Ask, no, I asked people to vote. I didn't offer them anything. I'm the cheap. board of directors will be contacting you. There'll be a full investigation. I hopefully, there was never in the rules did it ever say collusion was not allowed 
You and your rules. Matt, why don't we get into a little segment action here? Buy or sell, why don't you lead us off? Okay, um, I will start. On, on, on your side of the, uh, of the country here, Joe, going up to the Bay Area, Chris mm-hmm. Davis is having one of the more he's, – he's having one of the more underrated, you know, last five or so years in the majors. He's, um, but he's well year, on pace. He's got 37 home runs is, right now. This is, will be his third straight 40 home runs. Can you, can you let me finish? Go ahead. I was giving context to your question. I was Go about ahead. to add some context to it. He is second in the majors in home runs right now with 37. He's second – or I'm sorry, in the AL. So, or no, actually he is the majors. Second in the majors yeah. in RBI with 99. He is sixth in the AL in slugging percentage, and I think eighth in OPS. And he's not going to win AL MVP because there's a guy by the name of J.D. Martinez who's having an f- equally fantastic yeah. season, and oh, by the way, he plays in Boston, not mm-hmm. Oakland. But buy or sell Chris Davis's case for AL MVP? Um, I want to buy it just because I'm so <sighs> on the hype train, and I call these highlights every night at work, and he is doing ridiculous things to baseballs. Last night, I he saw the one last night that to was really Big cool. Mac territory off a, a skybox at the back of the first level at, at the Coliseum, a skybox that hasn't been sold in a decade, probably besides the point, but he's got more power the other way than I've seen anyone in this league right now. He is a soft spoken guy. He's great. The only thing I'm selling for is his slash line. His average is, is lacking. He's hit a couple slumps this year. He's hitting 261 with an OBP of 335. And I know you can only put so much weight in that in advanced statistics age that we're in with baseball. But every night he goes out there and passes the eye test. Last night, he had an all-MVP moment before the game. Goes up to a group of kids, shaking hands, welcoming kids to the ballpark, and then goes up to the final kid who was uh, a Make-A-Wish kid and was there, wanted to meet him. He asked the Make-A-Wish kid to sign his jersey, played the entire night last night with the kid's signature on his jersey because he wanted him to feel, in his postgame, he said he wanted the kid to feel what it was like to, to sign an autograph, to have someone else get his autograph. So just he, he's got his head on straight, too. Seems like a great guy. Hits that dinger last night and says he was thinking about this kid. Uh, I forget his name. Anthony Anthony Slocum, I believe, was the uh, was the name of the Make a Wish kid. Said he was thinking of Anthony the whole way around the bases. So, a guy who gets it, a guy who's going out there and leading what was supposed to be a bottom half ball club to a top five record and likely a playoff appearance. So. I'm selling it, but but still great things to be said about Chris Davis. Yeah, I, I think you have to sell it just because of, like you said, that average is down at 261, but more so for me, what not only J.D. Martinez is doing in Boston, but yeah. what Mookie Betts is doing in Boston as well. He's hitting 344. He's got 27 homers, 64 RBIs, also stolen, I think, 25, 24 bases. Plays great defense out there. So what those two are doing on easily the best team in the AL right now they're 88 and 38 not that what Oakland's doing isn't fantastic not that Chris Davis hasn't really been the catalyst of really a team that's come out of absolutely nowhere to now be tied with Houston in the AL West um what's going with what's going on in Boston it's just you you can't overlook it right now and what JD Martinez and Mookie Betts are doing out there especially JD Martinez uh, after he was kind of that big offseason story for waiting forever not getting the contract he wanted to, to to come out with clearly a chip on his shoulder um, the I, A's, I, think, I think he's running away with this thing. The A's are 41 and 14 since June 16th. That is the best mark in the bigs. Is so, that good? 
88s. It's not bad. Is that good? It's not bad at all. They're playing some good baseball, and I don't think uh, the greater baseball world can continue to ignore the A's w- with the way they're doing. Strong, One of the strongest bullpens in the league right now. Their starting pitching is going to be an issue, but... Uh, it's going to be fun to watch it, these these last this this last few weeks. It was funny for me. I, I saw on Twitter the other day. Uh, I forgot who was tweeting it out, but it was during it was over the weekend because it was during the Oakland Houston series. Somebody saying like making fun of Dallas Keuchel and saying like, "Oh, you know, um, post World Series hangovers don't exist." Like the quote that he made at the beginning of the season saying, "You know, we're not the Cubs. We're not going through that and all that." The Astros aren't really suffering from a World Series hangover. They're twenty five yeah. games over five hundred. They're seventy five yeah. and 50. they're fine. They're not They're hung over. This is just Oakland doing something absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, Oakland taking two of three from uh, Houston over the weekend. It was a a walk off winner on Friday night by Matt Olson. Just fantastic stuff. So th- they're having those magic moments too. So it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Matt, I'm going to send it your way with a buy or sell here. Sure. I'm looking for my buy or sells. There we are. Buy or sell six plus case for Kopech tonight. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and buy it. Uh, I, th- I think Minnesota's not all that great of a team. Uh, they, their lineup is not fantastic. I think Kopech's going to come out with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder uh, like he's been pitching with the last few weeks, months down in AAA after those those Rick Hahn comments about checking all the boxes. And it, it's going to be the first time this Twins lineup sees him. And I think the first time you go through these lineups that it, it's tough to adjust to a guy with, with that type of stuff. So while he might get hit around a little bit, might have a few walks, I do think there are going to be a lot of strikeouts simply because he does have just absolutely electric stuff. Oh, he's going over the six? I like I'm it. I'm going over the six. Yeah, give me over. We, we going six so I can push here at six? six. I said buy or sell six plus. Okay. So I'll take six the line plus. would be five and a half. I'll, t- I'll take the over. Okay. Why don't you hit me? Ooh, I do have another one for you, don't I? Um, I also forgot what it is, so I need to... Oh, no, I, I did not. I just remembered. Uh, buy or sell, week one, Des Bryant is not on an NFL roster. I'm going to buy it. I, I just think it would have happened by now. It's This is Des Bryant. There's a reason why he's not on a roster right now. Um, does he join forces in Cleveland and make that the most confusing and possibly explosive receiving core between Jarvis Landry, Josh Gordon, and Des Bryant? I think that would be really interesting to watch, regardless of who's under center for the Browns. But why isn't he on a team right now? I guess I answer your buy-sell with a question. What is preventing someone from signing Des Bryant, who what seems like 10 minutes ago was a top three wide receiver in the league? I, it's just, it's really odd, and there there must be some things leaking yeah, out. Yeah, so about I'm what selling out of speculation, is. I guess, is my point. Because he wasn't... He wasn't Des Bryant last year, and he clearly took a step back. But at the same time, like he's not bad. He, he's still yeah. a good football player who, on the right team in the right situation, with you know not I, being the guy, can still be something. But if he's maybe still demanding, like he's not going to go in the slot, he's not going to you know change just to an offense. He needs to be you know that guy out out on the edge by himself and kind of be the feature guy. Then yeah, maybe I'm not going to sign him. Yeah, I think I think that that's a that's a great point. In the fact that situationally, if he finds the right place, it can still be really good. I think that Dallas is a is a pretty toxic place. I think that Jerry Jones has not done the best job of fostering a uh, an atmosphere of inclusion and good faith. It seems like you're always two seconds away from a bad headline 
whether it be Dak, whether it be mm-hmm. Zeke, whether it be Jason Garrett on the hot seat. There's just always something going on, and that doesn't lend to a personality like Des Bryant. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you, and I, it's definitely hurt him here going forward, but it seems like in these interviews or talking with teams, he's not really doing much to help himself. And I think he's going to be absolutely kicking himself for turning down. I think it was a two-year offer from the Ravens he got fairly quickly after being cut by Dallas. Mm-hmm. Matt, buy or sell, or pardon me, I'm going I'm to throw us a little curveball here. Oh, wow. You need to buy and sell. You need I, to buy one and sell one. I was a fastball hitter in high school. Buy one, sell one, <laughs> Sister Jean and Sister Mary Joe. I can't uh, Sister sell Mary a Joe, nun, Joe. You got to sell one of the I nuns. can't sell a nun. Sister Mary Joe with a nasty two-piece uh, obviously went viral before the Sox game last week um, from the rubber. Does the little buff swag, pops it off the elbow, and then snaps a late breaker in there. I just don't see how you how you don't buy Sister I, Mary Jo. I'm, I'm buying Sister Mary Jo. Um, no, so you, so no. you're selling Sister Jean? I don't want to say that. You have to say it. <laughs> I don't want to go to hell. <laughs> I just it's her put 99th you in. birthday today. You're going to ask me to sell her? God bless you're the general manager. Make a decision. I gotta buy. I gotta buy Sister Mary Joe, and I, okay. I will. I will sell Sister Jean. Uh, <laughs> I, I think uh, you know what the, the Loyola run was impressive, but Sister Jean kind of just was there for the ride. While his Sister Mary yeah, Joe kind of can made, Sister Jean can Sister Jean get you an out? I don't think question, she can. You know? Sister Mary Joe, I don't <laughs> doubt you. Know, you throw her out there, they might be swinging a little bit early. They might get that drop and swing and miss. Maybe just top topple one over. It looked like a Rizzo breaking ball. We had uh, we, we threw out, I think, and I'm not sure if you saw on Saturday, our, our NBC Sports Chicago Twitter, I believe it was, threw out uh, an Instagram video of her warming up at Marion Catholic earlier this week. So she was she was all in on it, and I, I just I respect the hustle. I respect the hard work. Not that I don't from Sister Jean as well, but I think what Sister uh, Mary Jo did was a little more impressive. I'd have to agree with you, Matt. Uh, we got anything in the mailbag this Father, week? Father, forgive me. Um <laughs> Yeah, Joe, I want to talk weather with you because we're, we're getting to the point of here course. where it's football season. I know you're scintillating. Big, you're a big Let's weather, get the listeners in big here. Big weather guy. I want to. I, I think we can all agree winter weather is 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 lowest on the totem pole here. Who likes being? Cold? I live in California, so well, I love you know winter. what it's like. You live here, okay? <laughs> don't be a. I'm not going to swear. We don't have the explicit tag. Um, okay. Spring weather, I think, is also down there because it just rains all the time. So I, I need you to choose between fall weather and summer weather. What's your What's your peak weather season? Because you being out in San Francisco, mm. you still get that fall weather feel quite a bit. Yeah, nighttime is very fall. Like last night, it got down into the 60s, which was nice. It was 90 during the day. Um, lovely, lovely weather out so here. So basically, so you're I, just going to say California weather because you get both. Well, I was gonna no. I was gonna ask for a, a clarification point, and sure. I was saying, I can clarify. Uh, is this a Chicago fall? Is this a Midwest fall, or like where? What setting do you want me to buy? I guess these I'm climates gonna, in. I'm not gonna ask you. Don't, you don't need to say you know fall weather here or there. I'm, you know what the weather is like. I'm saying yeah. you, you like it. You know, sunny, 85, sunny, hot. You like it 65 with a little bit. You know, 60, 65, a little cool. Not always overcast, but you know, some some cloud coverage in the sky there. What's your yeah, ideal think, weather situation? I think I'm in the mood right now to go fall just because – and I know this sounds like a ridiculous complaint having most of our, our listeners in the Chicagoland area. It doesn't rain out here. It's rained maybe six times in the eight and a half months I've lived here. And you don't realize how much you 
appreciate and enjoy the rainy day every once in a while. Now, could we dial them back a little bit in the Midwest in the spring, fall, sure. whatever? In that, absolutely. There's a little bit too much. If we could find a happy medium, it'd be great. But I miss a little. I miss a little overcast fall day. The sun's just always shining out here, and it can weigh on you. Oh yeah, it's, it's just, <laughs> that's really tough that you always have it uh, sunny outside. That, I feel I, really bad for you. I know, and, and as a proponent of sweatpants, uh, I, I enjoy the fall. Oh. Sweatpants, and to take this down a fashion route, a lot more options in the fall. Uh, I'm a t-shirt and jeans, t-shirt Ooh, no, and no, shorts no, 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 in the let's, summer. No, it's all you can do. This. We're gonna have uh, we're gonna have a fall fashion preview as a mailbag oh. coming up. Matt, I you, think I just uh, it's it's gonna be my mailbag. A, I'm gonna send it in. I want you to do some research and maybe in, maybe not next week because we we got some we got to do research. Have something we got to tease for next week, but uh, maybe here's the your week tease. After. Here's your tease. Fall 2019. It's kimono season. A lot of kimonos coming out. A lot. Of, you're gonna see a lot of kimonos. Okay. I don't. See. I don't think I'm going to wear a kimono. You're going to see not like silk. You're you're picturing like a geisha kimono, dialed back, solid colors, but you, but, a, but a kimono cut. You're going to see. You have, it's it's a cardigan on steroids. You have you, fun see. with that. I'm just going to see. You'll see. With the, it's uh, not. Just, no, no, no. I'm not talking about me. Obviously, yes. I'll I'll dip my toe in the pool. But you'll see a large kimono movement in the next year. And I'm telling you, I'm letting you know right now. If you want to be out in front of it, get out in front of it. I don't want to be out in front of it. I'll happily okay. stay behind it. I'm also um, looking forward to fall because got a new leather jacket and you can't well, necessarily wear that. In summer, I, I, so. I'm with you with the. I just I don't really like being out stepping outside and sweating right away. I love fall golf. I love mm-hmm. kind of especially out here, not to be regional, but you know you, you got the leaves changing a little bit. All got, two it, weeks it, of fall. No, they, fall the last few years has been sticking. I mean, you still get some of those days yeah, where we've got it drops right, down winters to 30, in Chicago, but you still get those days in you know late October, November where it's still, you know. Pops up to 55, 60. You can go tee it up and play 18 if you want to. Can't and that's weather on the 10s. That's weather on the 10s with Moose and Runes on the Moose and Runes podcast. Hey, there's nothing, wrong, that, nothing uh, wrong with a little weather time, Joe. <laughs> uh, Matt, you want to shut us down here for the people? Sure. Shut it down. Shut it all down. Shut it down. Shut it down. Houston, we have shut down. I've seen enough. Shut it down. Joe, th- this shutdown is going to be short and sweet. Um, Ryan Pace needs to go out and trade for Khalil Mack. I'm not sure how you feel about that. You're probably a little bit closer to the story being out in the Bay Area than I am. They're not talking, just so you know. I know. Khalil Mack has not spoken with the Raiders in months. That story has made it out throughout the NFL. They're not talking. They're not anywhere close. He's not showing up. He's in the last year of his contract, correct? Yeah, he's he's set to make, I believe, 13.6 this year which as a rookie in his fifth year makes him the eighth highest paid pass rusher in the league, eighth highest paid defensive lineman. Just play the year for $13 million and go get your 100 whatever next year. But I don't disagree, I but he doesn't want it. He wants more. The Bears have money. The Bears, the Bears have three more years of a quarterback who is not who is on his rookie deal. The NFL contracts, we all know, they can sign Khalil Mack to a three-year deal but basically have all that guaranteed money cut out after three when they got to pay Mitch. I, I know the price is going to be up there, but at the same time, the price is not going to be what it should be because they know he's not playing for Oakland anytime soon. They know they're nowhere close on a deal, and both teams want to move on. So that price is going to be knocked down. And it is the one, not I don't want to say glaring hole because we're not sure we have an, an Aaron Lynch, but that said, the depth is, is glaring, or lack of depth is glaring there. If you go out and get Khalil Mack, not only does it give you one of the top five edge rushers in the NFL, 
it makes Leonard Floyd that much better. It takes so much yep. pressure off him. It takes the attention off him and allows him to really grow and in, in, in not have to worry about being the one guy the defense is focused on. This Bears, if, if this Bears team is really serious about getting to where they want to be, and I believe they are, especially with you know some other teams like the Packers who are rumored to be interested in Khalil Mack and probably pay him, yeah. they need to go out and get him. I don't care if it's a first-round pick. Tell me one person in this draft who's going to be hoping the Bears hopefully oh. picking around 15, you know, 10, 12, 12 to 15-ish. Well, think about that. Project- what would you rather have? Somebody picked at number thirteen or Khalil Mack for the who we have to de- who we have to develop? I completely yes. agree with you. I, I, I know this. There's this whole notion like, oh, you can't trade a first round pick. You build with first round picks. No, you, you, you've already started building that. What you do to take the next step is go out and get a 26 year old elite edge rusher because this that's is what John Lester. That's this is what, John Lester. Yeah, you build and then you buy. That's what you're hoping your first round pick eventually turns out to be. But by the time you're signing that first round pick to what he needs to be, Mitch Trubisky's already making, hopefully, a huge contract because that's likely the path that he's going down. That's the path quarterbacks go down. You have this money, you have this window to go pay elite people around your quarterback for this short amount of time for this three-year window. I'm not saying that window closes after three years. It just gets a little bit trickier when you have to pay your quarterback. Go get Mack. That defense with him on it, get it, it. They're already a top fifteen, you know, top ten potential defense. If you add Khalil Mack to that defense, that has top five, top defense in the NFL potential. I agree with you, Matt. Two hurdles that I think you have to get over here is I don't know in what capacity other teams can talk to Khalil Mack or propose these things to Khalil Mack. It have to be done through the Raiders. Obviously, you can't go out and court Khalil Mack. The other thing is that you'd probably end up paying upwards of an extra two, three million because you'd have to cover his fines that he's go- that he's being incurred with the Raiders currently. He's getting fined a game check for every preseason game he misses, which for Khalil Mack is $814,000. Now, if Khalil Mack is to come back and play with the Raiders this season, they'll likely waive that. I mean, he's currently at six, $1.6 million in fines. Um, if he misses the third game, which is on Saturday, which he absolutely will, you're looking at in fines Mm -hmm. and I think as the Bears you have to end up uh, kind of kicking in on that bill as well but I I know the Bears those are things that you gotta figure out that's that's I don't want to call the Bears cheap because I wouldn't say they're cheap they've actually gone out and signed the big free agent when they need to but that's just the cost of doing business you're already if you're gonna trade for this guy you're gonna sign him to a huge deal what is five more million dollars on that deal like honestly who cares I know it's not my money to say that, and it's fine, but <laughs> at that point, if you're paying a guy a hundred, what does it yeah. matter if it's one hundred and five? You're going to pull off the signing you're, bonus. You're going to go win a gosh you're, darn Super You're going to make that money back next preseason game. I mean, honestly, like it's yeah. it, it's at that point that is chump change to an NFL team, and this guy, like he is an absolute game changer, and he is a perfect fit in Vic Fangio's defense for what they want to do, and Vic Fangio has had incredible amounts of success with guys like that. And I, yeah. the problem it, is it makes everyone just... on your defense better. It's not just getting an elite edge rusher. It is making your entire front seven better. It's making your secondary better. This guy makes your yeah. entire defense, every all the other 10 guys lining up next to him that much better. I, I just, I honestly still see him coming back and playing with the Raiders this season because of the, the financial situation. But beyond that, I think he goes, goes elsewhere next year. But then uh, in the offseason, they better be 
because you got to think of Angelo and be on his front doorstep at midnight. Yep. The first day you can talk to those guys. Financially, you get fined the gross. He's mm-hmm. getting fined eight fourteen. His game check each each week is probably closer to five hundred grand. So, not that that's too much yeah. to scoff at. But uh, <laughs> good work if you just can a, get it. Uh, just a measly well, five hundred grand. Before we say goodbye here, another uh, shutdown moment. Happy birthday to the Punky QB, the only man to ever bring a Super Bowl to the Chicago Bears. Jim McMahon's birthday today, so uh, wishing him the best. I know there's been struggles uh, beyond the game of football, and uh, we're always thinking of him. We're always thankful of uh, of the the solo the solo Super Bowl that he was able to bring to the Bears. Should have been more, but uh, Mitch has that covered another day. Mitch has got our back in that vein, Matt. For Matt Rooney, I'm Joe Musa. We appreciate you guys. Thank you for tuning in to this episode 68 of the Moose and Runes podcast. Oh, wait, A little Joe. tease for oh, next you week. You, A little tease for it. next. Come on. A seasoned, I'm making sure. You sound a like you're television professional. Yeah, I was getting there, but I wanted to tease people right as we said goodbye. Next week, the highly anticipated, always awaited football special. We will be picking conference champions. We will be picking all of your college football picks here in the coming weeks. And now, Matt, are we doing uh, are we doing both college and professional next week in our in our preview special? You know, I'm happy to do that. If you want to do two separate ones, we can also do that. I, I I'm I'm an open book here. We got you know. I think we I think we let it out. Yeah, I think we let it breathe a little bit. We're going to come at you with our college football spectacular next Let's week. Let's do it. Pick some college football uh, conference champions. We'll have, pick a, our, we'll have pick a Heisman. Our, we'll have a Heisman favorite. Heisman we'll pick. Some, we'll have a lot. We're going to we're going to we'll CFP Final Four. We'll uh, draw it all out for you. Canadian Football League midseason review. All that Go Argos. Pre- Go pre- Argos. Joe's a big Johnny football guy. I don't think that's worked all that well out though for him. That said, we will uh, we'll have everything you need to know college football coming up next week. And that is uh, that that's our we we've only done it once, but that was by far I think my favorite episode we've done because we just got to talk about football. Yep, we're gonna break it down. We're gonna do some uh, some preseason talk, and we're also gonna dip into the mailbag. So send us your mailbag questions. Keep them college football centric, and we will feature them on next week's episode, the College Football Spectacular, episode sixty nine of the Moose and Runes podcast. Nice for Matt Rooney. <laughs> You're sick. I was gonna I was gonna let it. I was gonna leave it alone, but you had to go there. Of course I did. Matt, always a pleasure, buddy. We'll talk to you guys soon. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. (laughs) Chicken on the steak was phenomenal.